In September, a consortium operating in the Capital Region was awarded a $40 million contract by the federal government to establish a regional hub tasked with developing a new pipeline of computer chip workers as well as other new technologies. The recipients are led by the Albany Nanotech Project, which is owned and operated by NY Creates, a state-run nonprofit that's going to be the focus of our next segment. And we're joined by the group's president, Dave Anderson, who's been in the semiconductor industry his entire career and came to NY Creates from a micro Electronics Industry Association. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you. So this is our first ever segment about NY Creates, which stands for, taking a deep breath, the New York Center for Research, Economic Advancement, Technology, Engineering, and Sciences. What does all that mean? And I guess specifically, what is your mandate and how do you go about trying to accomplish it? The acronym creates actually embodies what we really do. It is all about technology development, economic development, and advancing new technologies and science. You know, at NY Creates, our mission is really threefold. First and foremost is looking at new technologies and advancing semiconductor and adjacent technologies and innovation for the future. The second is workforce development, working with both the SUNY system and other universities collectively with academia to accelerate the workforce into the semiconductor industry and provide those opportunities for the future uh, generations of students. And the third is economic development. And so we own and operate several advanced sites across the state. Of course, the primary one is the Albany Nanotech Center as well as uh, our AIM Photonics Institute uh, Test Assembly Packaging Facility in Rochester. And those are really the core of our research and development activities. And should we think of you as a state-run entity, a a private entity, and is the focus primarily uh, on building up private business, or are there other goals as well? Yeah, we're not actually a state entity, but we are a a 501c3 nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Our members are... SUNY uh, system and uh, the Research Foundation. And and so we are helping to develop the workforce in in conjunction with with SUNY and and other universities. But, uh, you know, our our primary goal is the technology research, research and development, industry partners. We work with uh, many companies across the industry. The primary ones we have on site are Applied Materials, Tokyo Electron, and of course, IBM Research. And so we work with them daily on developing next-generation semiconductor technologies. And how is NY Creates different or maybe the same as the nonprofits that were in this space before NY Creates emerged? Well, Albany Nanotech site grew out of the university system. And so New York Creates was actually formed to separate the academic side from the industry side. And so we actually manage the industry partnerships and industry development. So not just here in the capital region, but across the state to provide opportunities for new technology companies to grow, create jobs, and expand the economy across the state. We do that here in the capital region with the Albany Nanotech site and, of course, you know, it's been looked at as a, kind of a case study for economic development and the seed funds that go into an Albany Nanotech, the industry investment over time, creates additional companies to the area like Global Foundries, Micron, Wolfspeed, and others that are creating jobs across the, the region. So is it the businesses that you're, you're helping to promote that are the ones injecting, for the most part, the, the money that allows you to operate, or does your funding come from other sources? Yeah, all of our operational funding comes from industry. 
We do have some capital investment historically from the state mm-hmm. in support of programs that uh, have enabled the site to expand in the early days and have enabled new programs to come to the site that bring additional industry partners. But on an annual ongoing basis, all of our operational funds come from our industry partners and the activity that we run through the facilities. Well, I mentioned at the top of the show that the Albany Nanotech has been selected to be part of a, a regional hub program that comes with a $40 million award from the federal government. What's envisioned with this project? Yeah, this is Department of Defense uh, Microelectronics Commons project. It's actually the first of the CHIPS funding to be distributed. There's eight across the U.S. And just to interrupt you for context, the yes. CHIPS funding we're talking about here oh, is yes. what, billions of federal dollars potentially? Yes, it's $52 billion been allocated by uh, the federal government for CHIPS and Science Act, which uh, Senator Schumer authored and has been very actively engaged in progressing that money forward, especially across the state. But the consortium you're referring to is NordTech. It's the Northeast Defense Technology Hub. There's eight hubs across the U.S. that will engage in building infrastructure necessary to bring new technologies, what they refer to as from lab to fab, meaning there's a huge gap of things that are being developed in a laboratory or in a university research center or something like that and actually getting them into production, into fabrication. And so this is intended to bridge the gap between lab to fab. The partners in the $40 million NordTech site, uh, and the $40 million is for building that infrastructure, there will be additional program money that flows in to support the activity that gets run on, on those facilities. But it's between New York Creates, University of Albany, the CNSE, IBM, RPI, and Cornell are the five founding partners. And what, if anything, should we read into the fact that this is, as you noted, a Department of Defense grant? Does that mean that there are military implications here, or is that just the fact that the Department of Defense has traditionally been an investor in high-technology types of projects? DOD has always been a longtime investor in high-technology projects, particularly in the semiconductor industry. Part of the Chips and Science Act is to support our economic and national security. You know, the Department of Defense is involved in this from the standpoint that uh, they see a need done in the future in support of their systems, whether it be cybersecurity systems or uh, other other DOD systems. But uh, it's really to develop the technologies required to support that, but it also supports commercial applications as well. Well, you mentioned that the Federal CHIPS Act has $52 billion worth of funding attached to it. So are there any other media awards that you're looking for, specifically at maybe the Albany site or, or even in Rochester? Well, certainly. Uh, the CHIPS Act is separated into manufacturing uh, infrastructure support and R&D support. There's $39 billion of that goes into manufacturing infrastructure. So the likes of Micron building in Syracuse will be advancing some of that money in support of their facilities, as well as global foundries as they expand in Malta, will be looking to that $39 billion pot, uh, which will also support Intel, TSMC, and others that are building fabs across the U.S. But the R&D portion is $11 billion, and that's allocated towards a National Semiconductor Technology Center, NSTC, and a National Advanced Packaging Manufacturing Program which is for advanced packaging, which traditionally there's been a single microprocessor or a memory device 
in the future in order to build form factor that fits cell phones and other small devices. Those devices are actually stacked on top of each other. And so that's uh, called heterogeneous integration or building two different types of devices in the same package and 3D packaging and so forth. And so that's to advance the ad new packaging opportunities. The NSTC is in support of other process technology development, prototyping of new devices, building new architectures and that sort of thing. And that's really at the heart of what we do at the Albany Nanotech Center. And so we expect to play a significant role in the NSTC as it moves forward. Well, as you think about the state's ability to secure funding from the CHIPS pot of money moving forward, because obviously other states are interested in this money as well, what is it about New York that gives it an edge, or at least you hope gives it an edge, in attracting these investments? Is it just about having the Senate Majority Leader call New York his home, or is there, there more that makes New York uh, appealing? Well, that certainly helps to have the Doesn't hurt. majority leader on our side. However, you know, I think we have a history over a couple of decades of multiple governors that have funded and supported the creation of shovel-ready sites, if you will, mm -hmm. for new companies to come in. And so it's actually helped develop the ecosystem across the state with the likes of Wolfspeed in Utica, Micron in Syracuse, Global Foundries in Maltra, Edwards Vacuum in Buffalo. So we're really building up that ecosystem of suppliers and device makers across the state, as well as the research and development activity that happens here at the Albany Nanotech Center. And coupled with that, those ready sites for new applications, Governor Hochul was instrumental in creating the Green Chips Act, which enables companies to not only further invest and create new jobs, but do it in a manner that is positive towards environmental sustainability over the long run, which is very important to us, to the industry, and to our future. Governor Hochul is instrumental in creating additional opportunities to bring that. So that type of investment to create the ecosystem makes us a a prime candidate for developing the NSTC activity here as well. Well, you mentioned Micron and green chips, and I'm curious, as you think about the ability to meet the needs of future manufacturers in New York, how concerned at all are you, and maybe not, about the ability to provide power to all of these projects, especially as New York has all these green energy goals, and we're looking to, say, provide 70% of our state's electricity from renewable energy in 2030. Are there any reliability concerns that might make manufacturers want to go elsewhere, where they might be able to get cheaper power, more reliable power than green energy? Well, the fact that we have programs in renewable energy and we do have reliable power, and, and quite a lot of it here in New York, as well as water. If you look to what Micron said publicly when they came here, one of the reasons they chose New York was the availability of power and water. And that's part of the infrastructure build that those dollars invested by the state and local economic development regions over the past two years have, have made those sites ready with power uh, coming directly to the site and, and ready to be engaged. And so we do have an advantage over other states. I mean, look at the water that we have here versus what's in Phoenix, and yet they continue to build fabs in, in Arizona. But uh, we have water and power readily available. We have an engaged workforce with the SUNY system and other R1 research institutes such as Cornell, RPI, Columbia, and so forth across the state. 
and we have the infrastructure, the ecosystem, and the research and development activities to support it. So the short answer then is no, not concerned uh, about the transition that we've got going underway in terms of where we're getting our power from. No, no concern. And after a quick break, we'll have more with Dave Anderson, president of NY Creates, an innovation hub headquartered at the Albany Nanotech Complex. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. For listeners just joining us, we're speaking with Dave Anderson, president of NY Creates, an innovation hub headquartered at the Albany Nanotech Complex, which represents a consortium of high-tech business interests designed to advance high-tech manufacturing and production in New York. So you mentioned earlier the idea that governors have been very supportive of building out the high-tech industry, specifically in the semiconductor space. And we think about global foundries in Malta or Micron in the Syracuse area. And a big part of the commitment that we saw from governors was a prioritization of state subsidies for these programs. Is that an important aspect of any initiatives moving forward when it comes to bringing high-tech business here? Or do you foresee a future where we don't need to utilize money through the Green Chips Act or other uh, incentives? Or or is that just the way the cost of doing business when it comes to the high-tech space here? It's more about competition Mm -hmm. and where the semiconductor industry and and any high-tech industry has evolved. There's been regional incentives, whether they be in a country like Taiwan or Korea or Japan or China or regionally across the U.S. in in the states that have been active in in the industry, particularly Arizona and Texas and and others. So it's really a competitive uh, advantage to have that opportunity for those incentives. The investment made by the industry in any state or location is a long-term investment. They don't go away, and it's not a short-lived industry, but they're also strategic. The semiconductor industry is in a resurgence and it's growing, growing rapidly because of quantum computing, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality applications, sensors everywhere. And so as we look to the future, it's only going to expand. And so attracting those businesses to a location is very important. The investment they make is very high. It's multiple billions of dollars to build a facility, but it's it's sticky. It stays for a very long time and creates a lot of jobs. And those jobs are typically very high-paying jobs across the board. And it's not just the PhD researchers or the engineers. It's all the facilities management, the operators, the business uh, folks that run the sites and so forth. So it's a breadth of opportunity for a region when they come there and they stay very, very long time. Well, speaking about the opportunity, can you talk about how big of an industry this is when we're thinking about semiconductors? Because we're talking in the hundreds of billions of dollars, right? Yes. Over time, it's hundreds of billions of dollars investments by the company. It's uh, single digits or maybe $10 billion investment going in from you know any particular region to support those hundreds of billions of dollars investments. But the semiconductor industry today is on the order of five to six hundred million, and is expected to be a billion dollar in. Uh, I'm sorry, a trillion, yeah. a trillion dollar industry, uh, by 2030, 2035. And so, that is a huge industry, and uh, it 
it has even more potential for growth beyond that. Well, yeah, the trillion dollar number isn't thrown out a lot that that often. So I understand the the uh, the fubbing and uh, getting up with the, the billion dollar <laughs> number. Um, when you think about the future, though. How do we know that semiconductors are the space to be operating in that, you know, in 2030 or 2032, this will be a trillion dollar business and that there won't be something else that emerges onto the market. And then we feel like we've just invested in, I don't know, transistors or or something. Why? Why so confident? Well, if you look today at the products that are in the market in electronics, everything from your cell phone Mm -hmm to artificial intelligence applications, computing, advanced medical devices, and televisions, your coffee pot, everything has a chip in it. And that's only going to expand further. And the industry itself is very adaptive, and we've created new technologies for producing chips, but all the applications that run on cell phone, all of the Googles and Facebooks and even Tesla couldn't operate without semiconductor chips. You know, Tesla is less of a car and more of a computer on wheels. And so it's just at the beginning of the application for semiconductors. It's a very strategic industry. And that's why the Chips and Science Act is so important for the U.S. There's chips acts that have been initiated in Europe and Japan and in other regions, Taiwan. China continues to invest very heavily in that because it is a strategic importance to both economic security for job growth and national security. And when it comes to the evolution of the semiconductor space, it seems like the focus, at least right now, is on the size that we're talking about, right? And so when you think about the nanometers that we're operating in now and the potential for even smaller products moving forward. What's going on in Albany that you're excited about? I know there's the idea that we're like looking to what work on a smaller level than is currently in the industry space. Sure. You know, Moore's law is referred to as always driven uh, the semiconductor industry, mm-hmm. and that's increasing the transistor density of a chip over over time. And, you know, we have been able to, with our partners, uh, particularly IBM, in the Albany Nanotech facility has developed a 7 nanometer, 5 nanometer, and most recently 2 nanometer process. And as we go forward, we expect to be sub 1 nanometer and differing manufacturing techniques to continue to do that. But as we continue to shrink geometries to get more more power and more processing capability on a device. We're also looking at the advanced packaging techniques that I mentioned earlier, such as chip stacking, chiplets on a, on a wafer, and wafer-to-wafer bonding that enables us to stack multiple types of chips together to give us more processing capabilities and, and memory storage capabilities and be able to do you know on-device uh, processing and, and that sort of thing. So, Well, coming back to the idea of attracting businesses, earlier this year, we heard from the Empire State Development uh, official who was leading the charge to bring Micron to Syracuse. And I'm curious how NY Creates fits into that landscape. For example, do you work with Empire State Development uh, on a daily basis? Are there different roles that you fill that they don't fill? Are there redundancies? Are there different projects that are more NY Creates focused and Empire State Development takes a backseat? What's that relationship? Like. We have a very good working relationship with Empire State Development. Uh, we work with them to help attract industry. 
for example, in the case of uh, Edwards Vacuum, which is a supplier to the industry, uh, Edwards actually came to us and we made the introduction. Uh, ESD got very involved in that, introduced them to the different economic development regions across the state. They selected uh, the Buffalo region and the stamp facility because they wanted to be able to service the new Intel fab in Columbus, equidistance from the Global Foundries fab here in Malta. And so it really does demonstrate that buildup of the ecosystem across the I-90 corridor, with particularly with Micron coming in. And so we work very closely with them uh, in attracting new businesses and, and, and supporting the growth of technology businesses across the state. When you think about the future, how important is it that you have the backing of the state legislature or the governor or can NY Creates essentially operate uh, on its own at this point w without maybe constant support or coddling, whatever the expression would be, from state officials? Well, as I mentioned earlier, all of our operational dollars come from our programs that we run with industry on an annual basis. It's really the capital investment that's so important to driving the industry forward. And if we want to compete with bringing new technologies and new businesses to the state, we have to have some form of uh, incentive investment to do that. And so, as I mentioned, you know, building a new facility for semiconductor processes is quite expensive. And so having the ability to do, to do that and then support the jobs that create in that facility over time is extremely important. So having the backing of the state government, the federal government, and, and other initiatives is critically important to enable the region to continue to grow. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. We've been speaking with Dave Anderson. He's the president of NY Creates, an innovation hub headquartered at the Albany Nanotech Complex. Dave, thank you so much for visiting us in the studio. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Support for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.